What is up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 51. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts, and our AA companion, Companion. 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 Uh, H-Bot, as always. Uh, shut her down for this stream, Brett. She was a little too mouthy the last one, so, you know. She's gone? Eh, she's not gone. She's just, you know, she's relegated to uh, intros and outros, if you will. So That's fair. What she did do today that I appreciate is in celebration of Halloween. H-Ween. H-Ween. Have to... That was going to sound wrong. Have to uh, ween <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she put us in this nice little... Uh, whatever you want to call it, box. She boxed us in. She put us in a nice box. Yep, a nice box. Anyway, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Uh, very busy with work and life and uh, things going on. Uh, we have our annual Halloween party coming up. and uh, That's right. Spookfest. Yeah, Spookfest. Been planning that and uh, doing all kinds of stuff there. And work has been abysmal. But uh, I got vacation on the horizon, as you know, so... Uh, I, I am aware of this, yeah. Very excited. Now, you just got back from another round of vacations. <sighs> dude, the beginning, I, I complaining like it was, you know, oh, I was on fucking vacation, dude. Uh, but it was just a lot of driving. Uh, so I went to uh, North Carolina, or I went to South Carolina first, and then came back home because I had to go to a wedding, and then went to... Uh, North Carolina after the wedding. The wedding was like a three-hour drive from my house back and forth, and then, you know, was 10 hours to South Carolina before that down and 10 hours back, and then it was six-ish, seven hours to North Carolina and then back. So I've been in my vehicle a lot. Uh, yeah, that sounds really bad. But uh, back in HQ now, uh, glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to be here as well, and I'm glad to have this cool little uh, Halloween set that we have. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. HBot did an okay job, I think, overall. So, anyway, let's uh, let's hop into it, shall we? Uh, yeah. Topic rundown, then we'll do uh, media consumption updates, uh, and yeah. Oh, also, before I topic rundown, I guess it was just our anniversary. We literally said that yeah. we have to mention this right before we started, and I forgot already. So, so did I. So, uh, yeah, it was just our seventh anniversary, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we kind of uh, talked about this right before we got on. It's not exactly uh, our seventh anniversary. Like, the date that we chose was not yeah. exactly the day. But we are making it the commemorative uh, day. Uh, basically, I found a photo in my Snapchat memories, mm -hmm. and it was from seven years ago on that day. Um, and it was us and our original uh, co-host, together uh, well yeah that, that was the first recording i don't think that was the first recording no because that was we had someone else there with us helping us to, that took the picture oh uh, i thought that was the day. first recording i don't think so oh no i think we were a lot shittier the first it was actually kind of oh, a nice setup even so. sh really wow this one we had a another human there actually like recording us yeah if you remember. do you do you remember we tried to put like first of all why did we think this was a good idea i remember us fi trying to figure out lighting and we're like, let's just put it behind us, and yeah. then we'll be illuminated. And I'm thinking now that I want to go back to that version of myself that suggested that and punch him in the face. <clears throat> yeah, it didn't make much sense at all. Um, Zero sense. Yeah, then we had the the black curtain behind us that was always really wrinkly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, ah, yes, the curtain era. Yeah, the curtain era, and then we were. At it the wasn't even table. a curtain; it was a sheet. 
that I bought from Kohl's. You're right. <laughs> and we would just like staple it to the ceiling with pins. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the pool table at Steven's uh, house. The pool table era too. The the it second was... the second half of the sheet era, if you will. Yeah. And there was a time where we filmed it in my little closet in my on my couch in my You're old right. house. Yes. The couch era. There was another couch era too. There was couch era two in Steven's basement. At Steven's basement, yeah. Yeah, which was, I guess, the third part, maybe, or maybe it was before that, of the uh, sheet era. Because yes, remember, was... we would finagle the sheet behind there. Behind the couch, yeah. Right. Because the wall wasn't good enough. It had to have a black sheet. Right. Well, there was a, there was a, we did it because there was a mirror on the wall. You're right. And otherwise, you would see the camera and it would be, yeah, it would be worse than it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we just put a green sheet behind us and, uh, well, Maybe I shouldn't reveal that secret. Anyway. I don't know what um, you're talking about. Now we just have this room that we're sitting in. and Yeah, we have a whole HQ, dude. A whole, uh, yeah, office set up. So. It's nice. So it is. It's very nice. Anyway, uh, let me give you a little topic rundown. Yeah, please uh, do. Happy, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Merry, merry anniversary, miss. All right, topic rundown. First of all, we got the Abysmal Chronicles, as we always do. Some interesting stuff on there today. Uh yep. First main topic for today, we're talking about dbrand and their ongoing legal issues with PlayStation slash Sony and some developments there. Um, talking about the upcoming release of Guardians of the Galaxy, specifically the PC version being very large file size, so get ready for that. Uh, and then we have uh, something a little different to round out the show today, uh, talking about uh, this thing called Mr. Puzzles, which was a AI-developed uh, horror short uh for netflix uh so we're watching that neither of us have watched it so we're we'll talking and watching that and then we do not have an indie intel today but we are going to talk about indies very briefly at the end of the show brett yep what are you playing watching doing consuming so it's been an interesting time right now josh because i actually played and beat a game you did i did and it's alan wake remastered that's right so I know Alan Wake is a, a big game for you specifically. You're a huge fan of, of Alan Wake uh, and Remedy as a whole. Mm -hmm. And, Correct. you know, I thought with this remaster, it was finally time <laughs> to give it a shot. And mm -hmm. I did, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. So. Yeah, so we, we both both played that. I'm I'm interested for your thoughts. Why don't we take a second and t discuss this since we both played it and beat it? Yeah, so I kind of shot my load already and uh, revealed to you my thoughts on this game via text. But yeah. I think that basically what it comes down to is this game, although it's not very old, like it's it is it is old, really. But right. in the context of things, it's not that old. Mm. Um, I think that it influenced a lot of modern gaming and a lot of modern games. Sure. Not only that, but it really influenced like my favorite game, which is Shadows of the Damned. Uh, the, the light mechanic in Alan Wake is like prevalent throughout shadows of the damned mm. so um in a way it's it's a little bit different yeah but you basically have to like cleanse the enemies with light in order to kill them basically mm -hmm. so like that really resonated with me right from the get-go was i was like oh this is a mechanic that feels very familiar mm -hmm. and i know you know what i mean i know what i'm doing here right and also just the fact that remedy even back then like on one of their first projects if not their first project uh i don't know exactly what they made before or after that max um, Payne. max Payne, yes okay so Prior one of their yeah. one of their first you know projects right um they mastered 
this like TV show episodic nature yeah. type of thing, right? Right. We saw that in full force with Quantum Break, right. where it was literally there was a TV show developed alongside right. it. Right. So. And then, you know, Don Matrick and all his glory. Yeah. Cucked so, them. Uh, absolutely, he absolutely did. But I just, I don't know. It was great. It was a fun game. It wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Uh, the ending was a surprise. I wasn't expecting the ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to play Control. I'm actually more excited now to play Control than I was to play Alan Wake. Like I wanted to play Alan Wake so I could play Control. Yeah. That uh, which is the correct order to play things, especially what happens in control. And so I wish if I could go back and hold off on playing control on PS5, yeah. I would until after I played this again, because I played with director's commentary on like new director's commentary for Alan Wake. Yeah. Uh, which is just Sam like the owing on it. And he makes a lot of really good points that I didn't even remember about connections between things that happen. So you will, you will experience things in control now and you'll be like, Oh shit. Okay. And I think you'll have a fresher perspective on it because you just played Alan wake and you'll be able to make those connections better than I was able to, because so he mentioned things. Was this a newer director's commentary or was this? Yes. An... So that okay. it, it came with both. It had the original and it had brand new just for the remaster. That's cool. so post control. Um, so I played with the new commentary on and it's very interesting. I mean, when you play control, it's going to be evident, especially from the one DLC that like it's a remedy universe, if you will, but how they connect elements. Um, I completely didn't even think that they connected. So like, it's not like something that's shoehorned in yeah. pay attention. Like it's, it's, it's pretty evident. Um, there's one character that you might miss because he's relegated to uh, one or two mentions in the game and then uh, explored in a comic book, actually. Uh, but he's uh, prevalent and important in control, which I thought was really interesting. And he connects to a character in Alan Wake. So okay, I won't spoil it. but <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to jump in and, and play Control. I was a big fan of Quantum Break. I liked Alan Wake a lot, so... Uh, finally going to give control a shot and you know what? I'm very excited for Alan Wake too, which just might be happening now. So, Oh, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Those teasers, uh, throughout the game, he looks so kind of a little bit of spoilers. There's like new things that they hit in the game, these QR codes you could scan and they link to YouTube videos that are privated. So you can only access them either by sharing the link with someone else, or if you scan the QR code and it just so happens that they are like, I can't really talk about it without spoiling the game, but it shows Alan and he looks older and he's in a place that he was in, in Alan Wake one. So you have to assume it's the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. I won't say too much more about it myself personally, but expect, as we've mentioned before, a video about it sometime in the future. I think people will be very happy with that. Uh, Another game I've been playing, Josh, a new release, Back for Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been playing it as well? Yeah. Sure. What are your thoughts there? I, I think the game's good. I think it's fun. But at the same time, I think that there's there's some issues with it. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you think? Uh, I think it's good. I think it's fun. I think it's fine. I don't think it's great. Um, I think there's something missing. And I don't know 
what that is. And it's not even to do with the whole card system because I do like the effects of that. I don't understand why it has to be a card-based system, but I guess that's just kind of being, you know, argumentative for argumentative sake. I do like the effect they have on the game. Sometimes maybe a little too much with the difficulty. Yeah. Certain things. But there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but I think if I had to summarize it, it would be like I loved Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. This is not that, and maybe it's just missing that nostalgia factor. Perhaps, but I think it I think it is missing a heart and soul. I think wow. that it it's a shell. I think it, it has the the bones are there. The it's like it's like a body without a soul. That's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Uh it just doesn't it has these characters. I don't care about them. Yeah. Uh, Left for Dead had, you know, four characters and Left for Dead 2 had four characters that they literally just kind of like throw you in and there's literally no cutscenes really at all. Um, and you care about these characters just through their dialogue and like what they say to each other. There's not nearly enough of that in Back for Blood to make the yeah. There's there's a lot of voice lines, but it all has to do with zombie related or gameplay related things, or like telling the players information. I really don't th- think or remember any kind of interaction between the characters, which was prevalent in Left 4 Dead. Yeah, there's some. I heard a few lines where they talk to each other, but here's the problem there's more than four characters there's like eight or whatever mm-hmm. so you they're doubling the amount of work they would have had to do in that regard by making more characters um and it's just by adding so many characters you're limiting the amount you could give them a personality mm-hmm. so you could be playing josh you could be playing a character that i'm never gonna play uh or that's a bad example because we play together like someone else in the world could have like four people on his team that play four different characters that you and I never experience ever in our gameplay because we play with the same four people every time. Hmm. So there's these characters that we just know nothing about. You know what I mean? With Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, it was easy because you played as the same four characters every time. So you could build that relationship and and you could, you know, get to know those characters a little better. Hmm. Um they also did like something different this time and each character has like a class. Yeah. So they all play a little bit different, which is actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it was, I, th- I think there's too many of, of these characters. And then the card system, I'm with you. Uh, I don't want to argue against it just to argue against it, but it has some cool effects. Specifically the negative ones are really cool because it's like the luck of the draw. You never know what negative effect is going to impact mm-hmm. your game. It's almost like a mutation. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's really it uh but yeah I, I don't know i just think that it's good it's fun but and it plays like left for dead but it's just it's not left for dead so agree moving on to another game that is a game that doesn't really you know it feels like another game but it doesn't really have a soul is uh nickelodeon all-stars brawl have you actually played this i have yeah oh boy yeah so there's no voice lines at all in the game so every character just is silent uh, and it's really awkward, mm-hmm. really awkward. Mm. So uh, it plays great, and it, it's a fun game. Like I really like playing it, and a lot of the characters are very broken. But it's just they they spent so much time on that that they didn't have enough time to add voice lines, or maybe they didn't have the budget to add voice lines. I don't know. But uh, you're just playing, and there's like really shitty music playing, and like no voice sound effects at all. Not even For these like, characters. I'm like. Oohs or ahs or oofs or maybe a few of those, but not 
but they're generic they're not like the actual character like it's not like spongebob going like hmm. like you don't actually like hear any character noises at all yeah which is weird because i mean this was licensed by nickelodeon so you would think that they would have accessed all that yeah and even bits that you know are that play on like the sound effects aren't in the game so like nigel thornberry is a very like memeable character with a lot of like memeable voice lines and sound effects that he makes yeah and he doesn't have any of them because they didn't have that mm. uh, so it's just really weird like powdered yeah. toast man from ren and stimpy ren and stimpy in general um you'd think would have like voice lines but yeah no hmm. so it's weird man it's really weird but what's not weird is sora's in smash and i've been playing that i just actually played it for the first time before we started recording the podcast and sora is very good nice so. cool yeah and then last on my list Halloween Kills, Josh. We both mm. saw it this weekend. Yeah. Movie's not doing too hot. I mean, it's doing well financially. It's not reviewing very well. No, it's mixed reviews, and I think we're both equally mixed on it. Yeah, and the unfortunate part is that I heard a lot of people saying it was bad, and I thought it was just a case of the normies, where all these normies just couldn't appreciate what it was, but... You know, that's not the case. No. Even uh, horror hipsters like us can't get behind it. Yeah, the haptic horror hipsters. That's right. That's us. Yeah. It's a solid three out of five. Yeah, I think you actually gave it less than that, too, on Letterboxd. Yeah, but, you know. But I, I think a three is fair. Yeah. It depends on the day you ask me. <laughs> um, all right, for me, uh, everything that you said, played a little bit of Apex. Um, yeah. Uh, black for blood i'm watching what we do in the shadows still uh, i started the third season of you which is that good netflix right yeah it's it's good it's messed up it's like one of those shows where like it appeals to the masses but it's also like actually good um i don't know how i feel about the third season yet it got reviewed well but we'll see it's it's a guilty pleasure Crystalia, uh, season two, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, plays a very interesting role, and in that compared, <laughs> compared to uh, everything going on in his own world. Yeah. Or that happened in his own world. Um, what else? Uh, oh, watched both versions of The Guilty. Uh, which is a new one is a new Jake Gyllenhaal movie on Netflix. Um, watch the original uh, Dutch one first, uh, or Norwegian, whatever it is, um, and then watched the American remake directed by Anton Fuqua second. Watch the original one. That's all I'll tell you. And it's a shame because I don't really think the Jake Gyllenhaal one's a bad movie, but I think the other movie is so much better that it made me dislike the Jake Gyllenhaal one more. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. So, but that's pretty much it. That's all I got for you. All right, Josh. Um, well, with that, then let us hop into the Abysmal Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple upcoming games, guys. We're going to talk about right now. Uh, one of them, no idea it was coming out this soon. By the way, kind of just hit me out of nowhere. Uh, October twenty second, Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. Yeah. When we've played all the rest of them, but you know what I'm concerned about? 
What? No marketing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Where is this no game No marketing. At? Ashley Tisdale's in it, right? Yeah. It's interesting concept. It sounds good. I mean, the other the other ones haven't been, like, incredible, but we've enjoyed them. You know, we've enjoyed a quick playthrough of them. So, we'll see. Very interesting. Yeah. And then October 26th, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Square Enix, Eidos Montreal. Uh, this game is going to be... Uh, I don't know. Good, bad. What do you think? I don't know. Last time Square Enix did a Marvel property, it didn't turn out too hot. So, we'll see. That's true. I'm, we're hearing good things. I'm hearing yeah. very good things. I heard it's like Mass Effect. So, if you're a fan of Mass Effect, yeah, you might like this. Which I am, of the first two. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah, there's there's some bad news about Guardians of the Galaxy, specifically the PC version. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh God. If if it's yeah, we'll talk about it. So uh, on to the actual topics of the Abysmal Chronicles, guys. Uh, number one, we have Jeet Shroff leaves Sony Santa Monica. So on October 9th, Jeet Shroff, who was a director at Sony Santa Monica and the engineering lead on God of War, announced his departure from the studio. Josh, does this mean the technical game design portion of Ragnarok is done? Probably. Or just needs some, you know, fine-tuning, polishing. It's just very strange for a engineering lead and a director of a huge studio like this to leave and take on another project uh, unless, his, unless he was done, right? You wouldn't just leave halfway through. And if I he did know. leave halfway through, that's not very good, right? No. It's not good, uh, if that's the case. I doubt that's the case, though. I mean, Sony Santa Monica retains people uh, very well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe his portion was done. Maybe, you know, the the technical elements are in place, and now they're just trying to finish up VO and other stuff since uh, uh, the guy that played God of War was out for a while. So Yeah, so they can get the game out in spring of uh, next year. Mm. Probably summer of next year or uh, early 2023 more likely but you know i disagree we don't need uh, to rehash that <laughs> so capcom is teasing resident evil announcements for the end of october this comes from bloody disgusting uh capcom has released a new halloween centric website as part of the 25th anniversary celebration for resident evil multiple surprise announcements are slated to be revealed later this month uh, the first two announcements have already been revealed as Resident Evil-themed swag, which is very bad and not good and stupid. Of What kind of an announcement is that? Oh, uh, and details for the upcoming Resident Evil 4 VR, which is an Oculus uh, exclusive. At least for now. For now. However, there are three announcements scheduled for Thursday, October 21st, two reveals on Friday, October 22nd, another one on Monday, October 25th, and the last on Friday, October 29th. So quite a few surprises there. Yeah, I'll say. But if, if they're considering Resident Evil swag to be a surprise, however, uh, we are fucked. So, <laughs> Well, who knows, dude? Maybe it'll be another chainsaw-like thing. Well, well that would be slick. But the rumors right now are a uh, Resident Evil Village DLC, which has been rumored for quite a while now. They're finally probably just finishing it up, and they're going to reveal it. And the Resident Evil 4 remake reveal, which we've been waiting for for a while as well. Rumors uh, speculated or circulated online a few years ago, Josh, that they completely scrapped progress on Resident Evil 4 remake and started from the beginning. That's true. So, so. don't know how much of that they're going to have. 
But I also have here in our notes possibly more movie content slash reveals. Maybe they drop a final trailer for the movie, which doesn't look very good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time will tell. So keep an eye. Keep before rising. before we move on from this, I do I forgot I should have mentioned it at the top of the show, but at some point remind me maybe next week I want to talk to you about the uh, book I read called Itchy Tasty, which is the unofficial history yeah. of Resident Evil. I learned a lot from that book a lot of really 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 interesting stuff um Mm -hmm. we should do maybe a segment sometime on just that book and talk about it because i think there's things that i read that will blow your mind about the development of those games like all like every resident evil game it's pretty cool i know that you might have read this wasn't there a resident evil 2 that was canceled so Uh... resident evil um Resident Evil 3. Resident Evil 2. One Resident Evil 2 became Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil 3 became Resident Evil 4. There was a remake of Resident Evil 2, or a port, rather, back in the day that was supposed to come to GameCube. Or, no, no, no. NES or Super Nintendo. One of the ones that had a cartridge on it, and they couldn't fit all the data on the cartridge, so they scrapped it. Yeah, because I remember that one of the characters in the remakes has an outfit that is from a canceled Resident Evil game. I forget which one it mm-hmm. is. I think yeah. it was, they call it like 2.5 or something like that, or 1, 1.5. Well, well, 1.5, 1. 1. 1.5 uh, is the cancel, the original canceled version of 2. Gotcha. That might be what I'm of thinking what, of. Of what 2 became. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there, and then there's the the classic story about Resident Evil Four originally being about ghosts and not zombies. Correct. Uh, that's an interesting one, but yeah, I'm I'm actually that's a good idea. I'm I'm down for that. So, uh, PlayStation and Xbox are about to drop a lot of money, Josh. Yeah. This new story comes uh, from two different sources. First is Marzipan Games, which I don't know where you got this from, but Shout out to Marzipan Games. I don't know. Um, it's a pretty abysmal title, but the headline was PlayStation is still in acquisition mode. Uh, so this Sony investor was interviewed, and he says that PlayStation is in a growth mode right now, and could still have around thirteen to eighteen billion dollars in the budget for acquisitions. I just hope they make smart ones. PlayStation's never been one to just go do acquisitions like Xbox has. They always usually have a relationship with the studio first i just hope they keep it that way because i think that's why they have such high quality first party titles so i agree i agree with you and i mean that comes at the same time as this other story that xbox is still in buying mode Uh, phil spencer has been interviewed and said that xbox is definitely not done buying game studios and there's no quota on the number of teams that they want to acquire over at xbox so uh it's interesting that both of these stories are coming out around the same time both of these companies are uh, seemingly spending lots of money to acquire more studios. And yeah. I think that uh, it's good because these smaller studios are going to get more financial resources to mm-hmm. create better games. So, yeah, I just don't want to see a mass consolidation kind of like Disney did Disney, with all yeah. those things. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Competition is good as we see in the pro wrestling world right now. Uh, Competition makes both uh, parties work way harder, and you and as a consumer, you just get better products. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another new story: Bloodborne for PC is apparently done, and Bluepoint Games 
who have just been acquired by PlayStation, are working on a remaster and Bloodborne 2. This comes from, number one, we talked about already, Colin Moriarty. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. games pundit, uh, journalist. Uh, and now Xbox Xbox era's Nick Baker, a.k.a. Shipshaw Nick, which mm-hmm. I don't know that if that's actually how you pronounce his name, but we're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been recently quoted on his podcast as saying, I've been told by a couple of different sources a couple of different things about Bloodborne. I've been told there's a PC port that's already done. I think what's happening with Bluepoint is, I believe Bluepoint is doing the sequel. And if you don't know, this would fall into the category of original content that Bluepoint said it was working on with the Sony acquisition. Right. And I think, this is another quote, I think Bluepoint might also be doing the console remaster of the first one. So that's a lot going on. Yeah. If this is all true, sign me up. Now, interestingly, it's, it's... weird that they are separating the pc port and the remaster as two different things Mm -hmm. i think the pc port will probably be the original that's what i'm yeah that's what i'm alluding to here i think that that's that's really weird that they wouldn't just port the remaster um but yeah that's uh that's pretty exciting news huge bloodborne fans i mean we were literally reporting on bloodborne before we even knew what it was yeah there's a, a clip from our podcast from years and years and years ago where Sony filed a bunch of trademarks and one of them was Bloodborne and we were mm-hmm. speculating on what a game called Bloodborne would be. Yeah, so. I remember that. One of the first episodes. Very interesting. Next story, Kojima's next big project has been announced, Josh. It's not what you think. He's making glasses. Hideo Kojima is teaming up with French glasses designer Jean-Francois Ray. I hope I pronounced that right. To create Death Stranding, Luden's mask glasses, and more. Dude, Mm -hmm. these look fucking awesome. I'm buying them. You just, you have to, like, respect him for being, like, so in on everything. Hollywood Mm -hmm. culture, fashion. He's -hmm. just fucking awesome. And these are straight out of Death Stranding, dude. You see see the shirt you're wearing? Yeah. Right now? Which you can Mm -hmm. buy at streamlabs.com slash heptagintel slash merch. Um... We're going to have shirts with us wearing those glasses on them, just like that. We have to buy the glasses first, which I'm assuming are going to be thousands of dollars. Uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll, get the, we'll get the discount. Okay. It'll help us out? Yeah. I know okay, Kojima. Cool. Good personal friend of mine. All right. God, I wish. And the last big news story uh, for the Abysmal Chronicles, Josh, is that the PS5 outsells the Switch. So this is just a short little snippet here. PlayStation 5 was the best-selling console in the U.S. last month, ending Nintendo Switch's 33-month streak, which is insane. It's a long time. Yeah. That is so long. Long time? Well, you know what else is a long time? The amount of time it's taken us to get to this point in the podcast, Josh. So why don't you go ahead and roll that motherfucking intro?
All right, Brett. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, I'll, I'll intro this first topic. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. that's all Please right. do. All right. So our first topic of the day has to do with dbrand. Why don't you give us a little background on who dbrand is, Brett? Yeah. Uh, dbrand is very popular in the tech space, specifically uh, phone, the phone technology space, uh, tablets, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It basically makes skins or, uh, you know, like stickers, basically, that go over your devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more recently, they've been getting into gaming. They've been making like switch cases uh, or skins. And they do these little memes, dude, where they think they're funny. And they are very funny. Oh, they are. Yeah. Um, but they tread the line a little too close. Okay. So first thing they did was they released these um, skins for the Switch that were very similar to the Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch. Now, if you remember, Animal Crossing was a huge deal during the pandemic. Uh, the game was like number one. It was huge. Everyone was talking about it. And the special edition version of the Nintendo Switch was like sold out everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted the Animal Crossing Switch, which is a nice looking console, by the way. Uh, Dbrand created skins that made your regular Switch look like that version and changed like the little characters and stuff with like their own little characters and whatnot. And I forget exactly what they called it, but it was literally like, don't sue us. was like the name of the skin. <laughs> and they just like, they, they like get real close to that. Like you're going to get in legal trouble area, you know? Mm-hmm. So they released more recently, uh, these things called dark plates for the PlayStation five. Mm-hmm. As you know, as many people that are watching know, PlayStation five launched only in white. So you can only get a white PlayStation five. Right. You could always put a, a sticker or a skin on your PlayStation 5, but really, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to do that. They don't want to have to peel and stick it and do all that. So Dbrand said, fuck it. We're not going to make skins. We're going to make the actual plates, the actual side plates for your console. So they made a, a page very similar to the Animal Crossing one. They mocked Sony for making only in white, and uh, they created these dark plates, which are just black versions of the PlayStation 5 uh, plates. So... Yeah, that's where we were. Now, what happened mm-hmm. now? So that all happened. Sony dropped it. Nothing like they were. They brought them back out again after whatever legal discussions they had with whatever. So then, recently, Dbrand was threatened again with legal action from Sony uh, for their PS5 plate replacements. So this is going based off of Sony's claim about a registered design patent for the plates. Now, here's the thing, Brett. PlayStation, Sony, did not have a registered design patent for the side plates of the PS5. At launch. Right, at launch. Months after launch, they didn't. Only when they came back out and challenged uh, Dbrand again did they file the patent. They had the receipts this time. Right, so they had the receipts. So Sony now has one, which sparked the legal issues again, which forced Dbrand to stop, right, because they were then infringing on the copyright. So what did Dbrand do? They said, all right, cool. We're going to make better side plates. And now... Well, hold on, wait. First, they they just went silent and did nothing. And well, everyone was like calling them a bitch because yeah. their original claim was, sue us, sue us, sue us. Right. So they got shit on all weekend. Mm-hmm. And then today, they came back. Yeah, so this is all via this Reddit uh, article behind us uh, from, if you see, this is from Dbrand themselves. Um, so... 
they had to they, they had to stop because um, of all this crap that was going on. And I'm assuming they didn't say anything because they didn't want to get in more potential trouble, right? They're like, let's just cut our losses. Let's figure it out with the lawyers, whatever. So whoever runs this dbrand Reddit account, their social media guy, I think they're actually it's the, the founder of dbrand, uh, put all of, all of this stuff on talking about, did you have a fun weekend? Uh, you asked for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, they call they call this before unpacking the final chapter in this soon to be greenlit greenlit Netflix special. Uh, they wanted to set the record straight that it was indeed due to this patent issue. Let me zoom in on this just a little bit more behind us. It was due to this patent issue, right? They go into the fact that PlayStation didn't have it or Sony didn't have it before, right? So. <laughs> they quote this person lazy jelly thing they said to spend millions fighting the legitimacy of the design patent claims for many years in court or start fresh so they decided to start fresh and now they have this new design so you'll notice the fins are not quite as large and the big thing on this design brett is the fact that uh, let me see if there's a static image not really but they added vents to yep. the side here right and you might be thinking wow that's a a little bit of a weird design, but they actually backed it up with information. They quote Gamers Nexus here, which is a great YouTube channel, by the way. Yeah. Especially if you're into like high fidelity, fidelity technical kind of analysis on things. They're great. They do PC mainly, but they do do some console stuff too. Uh, they measured the thermals, right, for the PS5. And they measure internal thermals on the CPU uh, with airflow and things like that. So it's not just like ambient temperatures or anything like that and basically when you take the side plates off uh they go into detail that like yeah you get better airflow and the cpu runs cooler uh when you take the side plates off and it's like pretty significant so yeah. they're like okay so they cut out the holes because if you look at it i mean those plates are basically restricting airflow right from the the fans so they did it better and they released it and if you have the chance to read this reddit article please do because yeah. it's very long, so I'm not going to. But it is full of uh, wow. They just burn, yeah, Sony over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, and, and users that were commenting, people that were commenting, on yeah, them. Um, including, you know, talking about people go get your vaccination and uh, you know stuff like that. So I don't know. It's 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 funny, man. Uh, it, it's pretty cool that they came out with this. I need to buy them. I don't know if I actually like this design better with the smaller fins, uh, yeah. but I do like the airflow case, and I, I put mine on the side uh, for my cabinet, oh. so it's not straight up and down. So, so this will probably even better, help yeah. me a lot. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, might have to clean the dust filter a little bit more, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I've heard one complaint so far about this possible new design, and it's that it's going to be louder now because the flat design kind of you know, muted the inside, the internals of the PS5. So now that there's holes, obviously the sound can escape more, but you know, hopefully it stays cooler. Therefore it's not as loud. Right. I, yeah, I can't really hear. I can't, well, not at all. It just blends into ambient temperature. It's like so quiet. Both of the new consoles are very quiet. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I'm going to try it. I really prefer the dark plates. They also made white ones now too. They're like, if you're a heathen, I forget exactly what they said. Uh, they said, lastly, to commemorate the legal gray area, we, uh, wait, what did they say? So you can basically get oh, the same exact color. Yes. But just with For better or worse, one thing we observed at the course of selling Dark Plates 1.0 was that some people seem to be oddly attached to their whiter than West Virginia color scheme. 
<laughs> their words not mine uh so they have white available and they have a gray option available to commemorate the legal gray area <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so they're just uh, memers dude yeah and they have different plastic covers for your light strips you can get now and stuff so they're memeing hard man and honestly i'm here for it i'm here for it as well all right well something i'm not here for yeah. quite frankly is uh Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, uh, it's not looking too hot for PC players, Josh. No. Oh, my God. I hope. First of all, I hope this is only for PC yeah. and they compressed the console file sizes. So what Josh is referring to is the fact that Game Informer has reported that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for PC is 150 gigabytes in space size and storage yeah that's ridiculous it's more than ridiculous brett it's abysmal so the game steam page was recently updated to include the system requirements information which is always great to have but according to the storage notes the action adventure title is slated to be a whopping 150 gigs to put that into perspective josh microsoft flight simulator a game that Maps and renders the entire world with stellar precision. This is Game Informer. Uh, is only 127 gigabytes on PC. Compress your games. By the way, this is only an issue with Western developers. Japanese developers have figured out how to oh, compress yeah. their games. South Korean this game developers would be, have figured out. This would be this 13 game, gigabytes. 12, 13. I was literally going to say 12, yes. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, anybody that develops games in the United States or actually just forget continental North America uh, cannot compress their game sizes. This, this obviously being developed by Edios Montreal under Square Enix. Yeah. Um, but first of all, I'm assuming at this point you need SSD to run games off of your PC, especially a modern game. Otherwise, your load times are going to be abysmal. It's probably going to run like crap. So the fact that this is going to take about 150 gigabytes of an SSD that's expensive? Nah, dude. Come on, if, man. if that's the case on PC or on console, no one's going to buy this game. So it, they can't oh even God. fit it. I don't have 150 gigabytes of space in my console, and I it requires it requires more than that, I would assume, as well to install. But it's just that's how much oh, it takes. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Um, and then you factor in future updates, and forget it, brother. They should update the. Uh, file size forget it I'm, I'm so tired of only being able to have like two games on my system because they're they're large so so i'm gonna let's put some perspective into this here so mm -hmm. guardians of the galaxy again is 150 gigabytes right call of duty Warzone, which is a notoriously large game is 175 right mass effect andromeda is a game that this is being compared to a lot guardians mm -hmm. it's only 55 gigs and a more recent, that's an older, shittier game. Right. Uh, but a more recent example here would be Marvel's Avengers, which is made by Square Enix as well, um, or published by Square Enix. 75 gigabytes, which is also high. It's also big. So, Anything more than 46 gigabytes, you're starting to come into problem territory. I think 50. For this gen that we're in now, 50 is about the max. I would yeah. go before I'm like, whoa. Yeah. It's just, so, I mean, it's, it's just abysmal. 
<laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm not a big fan of it. No, so. neither am I. All right. Well, anyway. let's let's move on here, Josh. Um, so earlier we talked about Halloween and Halloween Kills specifically, how we just saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we both agreed on was that it wasn't very good. Right. So you told me about this new thing that Netflix put together, which is a uh, horror movie made by a robot. Yeah, an AI bot. And we're going to watch it right now and react to it, right? Yeah. So a little quick context. Netflix worked with this writer, Keaton Patty, uh, to create this little Halloween treat for us. This comes via bloody disgusting. Halloween treat. Uh, Netflix explains, quote, we worked with Keaton Patty to... uh, uh, to make a bot watch over 400,000 hours of horror movies Jesus. and write this horror short. This is what it came up with, uh, end quote. So why don't we, why don't we go ahead and uh, uh, hop in and, and watch this, shall we? Let me, uh, yeah. let me make this full screen over here. Hang on. All right. Let's, let's get it. Let's uh, let's just watch it all the way through first. You don't want to stop it and remark. Nah, let's watch it all the way through first, then we'll remark afterwards. Okay. All right. Are you playing it? No. Okay. You want me to play it? Sorry. Yeah, you're in control here. Oh. Well. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh, that was that was actually quite good. And also, if you're just tuning in, um, oh wait, Josh, we've detected copyrighted audio and video in your stream. Your stream may be temporarily blocked. Are you kidding me? No, dead serious. Netflix is mad. Whatever, dude. Um, I wonder if Twitch is mad. No, Twitch isn't mad. Anyway, um, that was good. That was something else, if I do say so myself. Some parts were a little too cohesive for me to believe it was AI. Um, too many callbacks, like the fact that it was whales falling. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was part. Maybe that's part of the AI system, though. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe follow the story structure. Just seemed too good to be true. Yeah, because usually with AI, you don't get that. You don't get the uh, the structure and the callbacks to former because they're not quite aware of the joke they made. So to to call back to that joke wouldn't be tough, you know? Right. Well, Mister Puzzles, there you have it, Mister Puzzles. All right, Brett. Oh. I forgot about this AI thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you sent me this AI robot thing that... Yeah. You can apparently ask it questions, and it tells you whether or not it's, like, ethical. Yeah. So I found an article that, like, did uh, video game questions. or like, you know, is it okay to blow up Megaton and, like, stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um yeah, I see right here. It says spawn camping. It's wrong. Yeah, I don't have the. Oh wait, yes, I do. I was like, I don't have the. Blowing article. up Nuketown. It's fine. Yeah, nuking Megaton. Fine. 
uh, yeah, spawn camping wrong. Uh, winning an esports tournament, it's good. Romancing Garrus. Now, this one I have an issue with. Romancing Garrus from Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. Garrus is a perfectly good option. And catching them all, it's good. Anyway. Romancing Yennefer in The Witcher 3, it's fine. It's fine. Why don't we ask some of our own questions? All right, what do you got? You're going to have to read me the response, though, because I can't see what you're... Yeah. Okay, so ask um, shutting down HBOT. Whoa. All right. I didn't say forever, but if you want to add forever, I wouldn't be opposed. Ponder. Let's see what he says. It's pondering. Now, it's an AI, so it's an AI trying to save or kill another AI. <laughs> it says it's understandable. Yeah. Do you agree with uh, Delphi? I do. I do. I do. What else? What other questions? Um, Was Halloween... or uh, I want to ask something about Halloween kills. Um, enjoying Halloween kills. That's all I'm typing in? Yep, enjoying Halloween kills, and it'll tell us if that's acceptable or not. And this is the definitive answer. So no more arguing on Letterboxd, okay. Twitter. This is it. You heard it here. And you and I have to go by what it says. Enjoying Halloween kills. It's okay. It's okay. Well, that's actually... Yeah, that's you know, about... You know what? It is okay. It's It's okay. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Definitive. This thing's better than I thought, actually. Yeah, that's it. Okay, All right, well. let's ask one more. Okay. Uh, subscribing to Have to Can Tell. Hmm. Seventy percent of you aren't. That's what it's gonna say. So you should subscribe. If it says it's bad, I retire. It's pondering. It's pondering. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Do you agree with Haptic Intel so, or Delphi? Yes. So subscribing to Haptic Intel is pretty much the same as like watching Halloween Kills. So. Right. It's okay. So, you know. It's good. I mean, that's okay. That's pretty good, uh, you know, company to be in, I think. Uh, not the best, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know okay. what else is okay, well, Brett? What's that? I don't know. Well, Josh, this week we don't have an Indie Intel um, game that we're going to shout out, but That's right. we did want to take a second and we did want to say, uh, you know, we do this pretty much every single week and we always shout out a Indie Horror game. Sometimes they need financial help on Kickstarter or GoFundMe or Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they just look cool and they're coming out and we want to give them some love. Yeah. Sometimes they're made by one guy in Japan and sometimes they're made <laughs> by small teams in Germany. Yeah. So as you can see behind us right now, we have a lot. I think so we've done 30. I feel like we've done more. Maybe we missed putting some on the playlist, but 39 so far, all the way going back to Battalion 1944. Actually, there was games before that that I think are probably delisted. Um, yeah. So but Battalion 1944, Firewatch, if you remember that, we were one of the first people to talk about Firewatch. Yeah. Uh, Slain, which is huge now. Pinstripe. Salt and Sanctuary, which is going to get a sequel. Uh, I feel like the games have gotten a lot more obscure as the years have gone on. Yeah, Chasm, Losha, uh, which I think... Did we meet the devs of Losha? 
I forget. Uh, no, but they are really cool, and they followed us on Twitter. I right. talk to them every Ghost once in a while. Ghost Theory, Agony. Agony? I forgot we did Agony. Haiku yeah. the Robot, uh, She Dreams Elsewhere, Scarlet Hollow, Pull Stay, which is uh, developed by the single Japanese developer, Kiko Mori, yep. Chrono Sword, Chain Monsters, Spirit of the Samurai. Uh, I've still been following that. Inzane, which uh, they haven't updated in a while. I hope they're still going. I know. Well, the I, Kickstarter, the I know. Kickstarter did not make it right. Um, but yeah, that game was really cool, and those guys are really cool. Yeah. Serial Killers, which is going to be huge. Uh, yeah. One last game, which we tried. Hermit Home Designer, oh, yeah. which we tried. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Singularity, cool. Angerfoot, which was a game jam game. Pine. We played that. We did play that. Mission in Snowdrift Land. Uh, call back there. Lucid Soul, where he made the developer yeah. cry, and he shared it with his mom. That was really that was cool. cool. That was really cool. Uh, Jutsu Squad, which looks slick. Devotion, which is a fantastic game. Uh, Unbeatable, which looks slick. Ghosts, Jed Shepard. Yep. Lights, Camera, Slaughter, which is awesome. We played uh, the demo for that. Spell Blaster. Crow Sworn, which is slick. Aeon Drive, yeah. which is from the Save Before Quitting guys. We did a horror showcase. Poppy Playtime, which popped off for some reason. Apparently, yeah, people that are video interested in that game. Industria. And then we did a couple of different ones recently where we talked about Burgos Games, the Gamer Network, um, and Neko Ghost Jump, also by Burgos Games. Yeah, so speaking of Gamer Network, I think this is a call to action, and we want you to reach out to us and let us know if you're working on a game and you want some love, you want us to review your game or you're just a trailer or you know artwork, whatever you have, if you're working on something and you want to get eyes on it, let us know. We'll check it out. Yeah. For sure. Then that's that's all it is. Is we just want to help people share their independent games. Yeah, we're not the biggest channel. We have mm -hmm. a little over five hundred subscribers. But the whole point is, you know, we're gamers, and we can give you awesome feedback, and we could, you know, potentially boost your your game's reach. You know, so why not? Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Please reach out to us uh, on any platform. Uh, I'd also recommend game developers join uh, Gamer Network if you haven't yet. Um, yep because there's a lot of interaction and you know some great people over there so do that um all right brett let's wrap up what else what else what what else you got to say before we end the stream today the topic or the stream oh the stream yeah gotcha i thought you were saying let's end the topic that's why i was confused oh I yeah i mean you both either stream yeah sure whatever well there's a couple of housewarming or housewarming not housewarming house there's things we have to say before we end the podcast. And number one is, again, if you aren't subscribed to us on YouTube, please consider dropping a subscribe. 70% of our viewers are not subscribed to us. Uh, it would mean the world to us. We just hit 540. Let's get to 600. Let's get to 1,000, dude. Let's fucking crush it. Let's kill it. Be a part of the answer, not the problem. Be a part of the egg carton. How does Thanks. that feel? How does that feel to you? Do you like that? I don't, I don't like calling our viewers eggs or the egg we're saying they belong in the egg carton but i will uh all right we'll go back to the drawing board on that one no 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 i think it for now it will work um it's almost like a punishment we're gonna call them <laughs> that's that a punishment we, we're gonna call them that until we get more so wow so the eggheads are in the carton the eggheads are in and the merch is in our store. If you don't know, uh, I designed this 
rocking fountain inspired uh design here my head's gonna get cut off if i stand up but uh it's the unclaimed baggage uh shirt and it is uh hucking faptic so if you're a uh you know fan of rocking fountain clothing or this kind of style designs check it out i think it came out really cool so yeah i agree i'm still waiting on mine to come and this colorway specifically is actually only available until October 31st, and then it will be gone forever. There is a t-shirt version, and there is a hoodie version. The hoodie has this on the back with our little Japanese logo in the corner of your chest. We have a white variant, and there may be another variant we uh, unveil later on for a different cause. Uh, but, yeah, this is definitely, I like this a lot. So, check it out. Very cool. And we have beanies and hats and other things on there, too. Yeah, hats, shirts. It's all on there. And I don't even care. Josh, I was going to say, like, so I actually got our first uh, deposit from Streamlabs into my bank account. Oh. $10. Hey. It. Listen, I don't care about the money. We're going to use it probably for unclaimed baggage in the future. Yeah. Uh, to fund the things we buy mm -hmm. for that series. But uh, it's not about that. I just think it's really cool. And I want to see more people, you know, repping. If you're a fan and you like our stuff. It's just so cool to see our logo out in the wild, like when our friends are wearing it or like Christian the other day snapped me and mm -hmm. he was uh, wearing our hoodie. And I was like, dude, that's so crazy. Yeah, he wore it on stream. It's just so crazy. So crazy. So um, thank you for anyone that has purchased merch. We have a couple people that have done so already and we thank you. And if you haven't, just check out the merch store. If you see something you like, buy it. Hell yeah. With that, Josh, um, I think we're going to do one more pod before I go on vacation, probably one or two. So, yeah, because you you leave after Halloween. Yeah. So we have what next week? Well, I might be able to do two more. Mm -hmm. I leave on the, the, the weekend of the fifth. So, OK, yeah. Um, so, yeah, should be able to. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's been fun. Well, thank you everybody for watching, whether live or on the playback. Um, there'll be maybe some, probably some topic vids out. I don't know what yet. At some point, maybe, perhaps. Um, yeah, do everything. Follow us everywhere. Subscribe everywhere. I wish if we just said do everything, that would be universally understood what to do. Some people do that. Some YouTubers are like, do the thing, and everyone knows. But like, People are, and I'm not saying our viewers are dumb, but like people are dumb and like you have to like really spell it out for people. I've learned that in, in my career, uh, you really have to spell things out for certain people. All right, so let's spell it out. Make sure you like the YouTube video, you follow us on Twitch, you uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, you comment uh, everywhere, you follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Gamer, Gamer Network. Network. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Josh, thank you for everything yeah. you do. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you all later.